What happens when the rules are against you and your town? How can we as small businessmen and women fight against and then win over City Hall? The last two episodes, we talked about some of the rules that food truckers have to deal with. And then we also talked about the beginnings of how to fight City Hall. Today, we're going to conclude that conversation. Welcome to the 10 Minute Food Truck Training Podcast. My name is Bill Moore. I am a food truck business coach, author of five food truck vending books, including Food Truck 101 and Food Truck 201. This podcast is all about helping you start and grow your food truck business. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So far, we talked about doing the legal research on the laws and then getting a group organized to fight the politicians. We touched on social media and we touched on getting the story out in front of as many citizens as possible. So now let's talk a bit about legislation. First and foremost, do not believe false promises. Elected officials are not held to anything they say. We know that for the last 250, 70 some years. Unless what they say is enacted into a law, don't believe a single word they say. If an elected official says that, you know, it's a bad law, but we're not going to enforce it, you can trust that they will enforce it. So don't believe them. The government has the power to enforce whatever is passed. And there's nothing stopping the next administration from enforcing a stupid rule that this administration passed. So don't believe it when they say it. Don't worry about it. It's not going to affect you. If you believe it to impact you, it's going to impact you. Your goal is to demonstrate to those elected officials that your policy solution both honestly aligns with their personal beliefs about the role of government and presents an opportunity for economic growth in your city. You want to make it easy for those elected officials because remember the best thing they could do with their life was to go out and try to win a popularity contest. So you got to make it really easy on them so they understand that what you're wanting them to do helps the city, helps the little area that you're in, helps businesses, it helps the city to grow and prosper. And you want to do that in a way that helps them gain a little bit of political cover and then it neutralizes the opposition. Because if you give them the talking points, then they can just respout those talking points to chase away the people that want to disagree. It's critical that you understand the legislative process and the hearing schedule in your area. You may have to go to one or more meetings or sessions to get your point across to get the debate started. But if it's important enough to you to want to fight it, you got to show up for all of them. Fighting is at the city level, and you'll want to learn how many city council members are on the council to begin with, and in what areas of your city they each represent. If a district isn't represented by a member that's within your group, your sphere of influence, your circle of influence, you may want to reach out 
to the entrepreneurs that are in that district so that you have people from all the different districts that are going to be on your side and want to help get these rules changed. You'll need to find out when your city council goes into session and when the full city council meetings are held. You want to know what committees, if your city council is broken down into smaller committees, and then if your rule change or your legislation is going to go through a committee, which one's it going to go through? Who's in charge of that committee? Who are the members? When does that committee meet? Familiarize yourself how an ordinance becomes a law in your city. If there isn't enough information about this online, contact the city clerk. That's their job. They have to know how it's being done because if they don't know how it's being done, those popularity contest winners certainly won't know either. Once you understand the legislative process, reach out to those elected officials. Map out your support and then also map out the opposition. Who is leaning towards your new rule change and who is flat out against it. And then you want to know as much as possible you can about each person. Identify your targets. Don't treat the entire city council as if it's a single target. Each person has different attitudes. Each person has different people that they're representing and they have different interests. You got to take all that into account. You got to figure out who you need on your side because there's usually one or two council members that are a little bit more loud and outgoing than the rest. And those more meek county officials will just fall, or city officials will just fall in line with the loud ones. So you got to see what the loud ones think about your proposed changes and then get them on your side. You want to secure support for your cause, secure support for your legislative change. And what I mean by that is you got to kind of take a rough poll of the different members and see what side of the aisle they're on, so to speak, when it comes to your rule change. You want to think about, is a council member concerned about the impact of occupational licenses on the lower income entrepreneur? And if they are, then you can help them to understand that, hey, you might want to eliminate some of those licenses. Are they concerned about a proposal that will violate the civil right to economic liberty? Because some of the city council folks will understand that some rules should not be written. And that puts them squarely on your side. What you want to do is show how your policy stance honestly aligns with those people that have those feelings already. They just may not understand until you explain it to them. If you want to set up a meeting with your elected officials, call and identify yourself as one of their constituents and then immediately state your reason for wanting to meet with them. Explain what you would like to discuss and indicate how much time you think you'll need. And if you're going to bring somebody along with you, let them know, hey, I'm bringing one or two other folks with me. If the elected official says, hey, I'm not available, then ask to speak with a staff member who handles the licensing or the regulatory issues. And then have several different dates when you can all meet. List off those dates and then say, hey, which one's best for you? Make sure you thank them for their time and then make sure you show up at the meeting when you said you were going to be there. Now, understand that elected official schedules, they change and they change often. So you want to call and confirm before you actually head out to wherever the meeting place is the day of the meeting. Policymakers are often real busy and they don't have time to thoroughly research an issue. That's why we end up with some of the dumb rules and regulations that we have out there. So you'll want to make it as easy as possible for them to understand what you're saying and then understand why they should be on your side and vote in favor of what you want to change. You can prepare a one-page summary or a fact sheet on the proposed legislation. This should make it extremely easy for the legislative staff to read through it and understand the issue. Now remember, they're going to have a lot of different issues, especially if you're in a bigger city that they're having to deal with. So you want to make sure you've put the most important facts at the very beginning of your one-page or your fact sheet. 
Now, these documents should also be shared with the public, so you want to make sure they're written well, they're concise, and then also you're going to share them with the media so that your story is the same everywhere that people see it. Here's some things to consider and to include. What are some examples of how you and the members of your organization contribute to the community? How many jobs and how much tax revenue is at stake? Does this bad policy disproportionately impact a vulnerable section of your population? What harmful impacts does the bad policy have at the individual level, both to the consumer and to the entrepreneur? What are the tangible benefits your city or state will experience if the bad policy is rejected or a bad policy is allowed to stand as law? What is your opponent's best argument? So the person that's for keeping the rule of regulation or the one that's proposing the bad rule of regulation. What's their best argument? And then you're going to explain why they're wrong. You want to include quotes from influential supporters of your proposed changes or your proposed rule. You want to use real-world examples. You can prepare a myths and realities document that counters the arguments of your opposition. Proponents of occupational licensing laws, and that's what you're dealing with here when they say you can't vend in front of a restaurant. It's an occupational licensing law. They typically hide their true intentions by claiming they're out to protect the public safety and health. Well, you too are interested in protecting the public's health and safety through legitimate regulations that accomplish things pertaining to health and safety. You want to pick four or five of the opposition's best arguments and debunk them simply and clearly. And it's real easy when they say, we don't want any food vendor in front of our restaurant within 500 feet. So where's the health and where's the safety? That particular statement has no health or safety in it at all. That's clearly, we're afraid and we don't want people around. You can certainly win and you're going to need allies. Once you've established the foundation for the, your group of people that are going to be directly affected, so you and the other food truck owners, and it just could be potential food truck owners, and you're able and willing to dedicate the necessary time and energy to achieve your objectives, it's time to build on it by recruiting other groups, other food truck owners that may be a little bit farther outside the city that would love to come to the city, but they can't because of stupid rules. And of course, the general public, you want to expand and get people fired up about, hey, we'd love to have a new truck in our area. We don't care that it's going to hurt those stupid restaurants that are failing already anyway. We didn't want to go there in the first place. You want to create a broad coalition of a lot of different people, a lot of different groups, so it doesn't look like it's all one-sided. And you want to have one uniting message that represents all of those interests. We want food trucks to be allowed to do whatever it is y'all need to do in your city. Now, in the end, it could come down to the sheer numbers. Which side has more people calling the city council and voicing support or opposition to whatever needs to be changed? Who is being the loudest? And again, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. So if you have more people calling the mayor and the town council and saying, hey, we need to get rid of this stupid rule because we want food trucks. We want a vibrant economy in our city. We want more food choices. The city council has to vote for that. I mean, who's going to vote for We want to stop people from earning a living we want to stop people from setting up within 500 feet of a restaurant because you know mcdonald's and burger king don't do that and all you got to do is find enough examples in your city of where there are restaurants literally side by side we were driving through Destin, florida last week and we saw just the absolute oddest thing and i know this particular shopping center wasn't originally set up that way but it has become 
set up this way. As we're driving by, we're reading the different restaurants. And this was a small shopping plaza. It had about seven stores in it. Had a huge parking lot. Seven stores. All seven of them were restaurants. You want to start making some noise by holding events. You want to make your events fun. And there's four different kind of events you can hold. One of them would be the obvious, let's have a rally. So once you get enough people that are following you on social media and you got people that have come to your meetings and are excited and energized about let's change these dumb rules, you got that critical mass of people you want to educate and encourage even more people because that applies more pressure to those politicians. They can't ignore when there's people having signs and t-shirts and and posters and stickers and press packets and things talking about this particular issue. Yeah, it costs a little bit of money, but isn't it going to be worth it for you to be able to control your own business, be able to change something that's just flat out stupid? Rallies typically have a more positive tone. We're just telling people how we're going to make the city better. Now, we can go the other side and have protests, and those tend to be focusing on the negative policies. We have to change this negative policy because it hurts. And protests tend to get people upset, and it motivates them to get involved. You're going to want signs there as well, but you're speaking about the negative impact of the policy that you're fighting. How does it hurt food trucks? How does it hurt people from having choices? How does it hurt the economy of the city? How does it hurt the tax collection ability of the city? So you're talking about the negative things. You can have a somber event where you pass out candles and we're having that event at nighttime and some march around City Hall or some other symbolic structure. And it's somber, but you're getting attention. You could also hold a town hall or a a community meeting where people get together and discuss issues. It's going to be one issue. How do we change this stupid rule or regulation that you're trying to change? You just don't ever want to be shy and don't be scared. You're in the right. You want to fight hard. You want to fight right. And you want to do it right the first time because you don't have time to redo it. You can fight and you can win. And the Institute for Justice, they're there to help back you guys up. As an influential writer and revolutionary, Thomas Paine once said, The harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. These are fights that can be won. These are fights that shouldn't have to be made in the first place. But because there's too many politicians that listen to those stupid restaurant owners that are afraid, then we have to go out there and fight. And we can certainly win. But if you just fold up your hands and say, well, I'll just sell my truck to somebody else and let them deal with it. You haven't made your city any better for your children or your grandchildren. Thank you so much for listening to the 10-Minute Food Truck Training Podcast. If you're finding all the information helpful to your food truck business, please become a monthly supporter of the podcast. Just hit the support button or follow the link in the description. Every little bit does help keep us going. Join our Facebook group. It's called Food Truck Training. We have a whole bunch of awesome members at all different levels, from brand new beginners to decades old veterans. They've all got your back when it comes to helping you with your food truck. And again, thank you for listening. Come back tomorrow because you know i got plenty more to say when it comes to helping you and your food truck business grow.